0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton.
1: All right, welcome aboard the uh, Get Stuck on Sports Tri-County Equipment podcast with Dennis and uh, Brady, and uh, we are joined uh, today by uh, Matt Graham from the uh, Prowlers, who, (laughs) gosh, uh, I thought you guys were going to play, like the Flint Mega Bowl is going to happen between Watertown and Elmira, and so I kind of thought, okay, this means something. We'll find out if it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if – because you might. It sounds to me like you guys are in the same boat that we are with high school sports.
2: Yeah, we can only try to rehash the same subject so many times. So, figured we give the Prowlers a little love. I mean, once if they ever get a season started, they'll have a pretty good team. So, I think they'll have a really good team. It's. I mean, it, if they play in the Fed, it's going to probably be the best hockey the Feds ever seen, just because of all the SP teams that. Have the league above them has teams that aren't playing, so that the trickle down effect to a lot of good players in a lot less roster spots.
3: It's actually funny. I saw uh, Dave Nippard sent me a uh, one of the signings from Columbus the other day, and it's a guy who is a fighter in the East Coast Hockey League. And uh, he goes, "What?" And I go, "What are they sign him signing him for, man? Team housing or the off season?" <laughs> You know, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I uh, needed
1: some custodial work. Yeah, right. <laughs>
3: yeah, he's, there to, uh, he's there to take down walls and stuff like that, I guess.
1: <laughs> Anyways, we'll get into it in just a sec with uh, Matt Graham here on the podcast today.
4: 250-7520.
2: Ready to be in here for TP Logos in Marysville. Located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium, TP Logos has the area's largest selection of in-stock school spirit wear, corporate wear, and construction company gear. They do custom embroidery, custom screen printing, and are the fastest-growing uniform sublimation company in Michigan. Visit tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including things like Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. They are open weekdays 830 to 430 or by appointment. Don't wait weeks for your gear. You'll get it in days with TP
1: 44 duraclean by bachelor
5: since 1923 mama vicky's has been port huron's original coney island with two convenient locations to serve you mama vicky's downtown is open monday through saturday from 11 a.m to 7 p.m mama vicky's north end is open sunday through thursday from 7 a.m to 4 p.m and fridays and saturdays they stay open till 8 p.m with delicious coney dogs for only a buck 59 you can make every day a coney day that's right Coney's for just a dollar 59 Mama Vicky's, a port here on Original since 1923.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Brady
1: and Matt Graham from the, uh, the Prowlers. So uh, what is going on?
3: Uh, a lot of sitting around, waiting, uh, listening to see, keeping our ear to the ground, I guess, looking for
1: Buffalo. <laughs> but uh, they they are going to play – at least the New York teams are going to start playing some games.
3: Yeah, so the tentative plan is for – well, I guess, yeah, I guess it's tentative still, right? So I guess the plan is for uh, the New York teams to uh, start playing each other on uh, February 3rd. I think they open up camp on the 22nd, so later this week um, or next week. Uh, and then they'll play each other, and they're going to get started, and we're still going to sit, wait, and hope, I guess, that uh, we can open up a couple more of these markets and uh, we can start to uh, travel and start to get things underway with us as well. Uh, the owner said that, you know, it could be could be a 40-game season, could be a month long. Like, it's it's really all up in the air at this point. Uh, and, like, we, like, I've been talking with Joe, and it, it a lot depends – on you know like local mandates and government restrictions and stuff.
2: So. Right, and I know we're frustrated having to deal with one government saying things and having to basically keep it out of our hands. You guys have to deal with what seven different governments, six well, it, different state level governments with different levels of variations.
3: So yeah, the league the league has to deal with that. I mean, like it's it's funny because like I, I joke with Joe and I'm like you know like it feels like we're shut down here right now. Uh, even high school sports and like restaurants and everything like that. But we're actually one of the markets that would be able to have the most fans right now. So I think we're at 250 right now. They couldn't sell concessions or anything like that. And that's 250 people inside the building. That includes players. That includes staff. That includes referees. So So
2: really you're at, like, what, 200 maybe?
3: Yeah, and that's something that, like, Joe and I talked to, like, Barry about as well, like the owner of the team. We're like, you know, is there any way you could, like, make teams travel here without – uh, an athletic trainer, without any extra guys, you know, or if they do have extra guys, maybe they stay back at the hotel uh, or they stay outside and wait until the end of the game and stuff. So I mean, if uh, yeah, if that's what we're if that's what we're looking at uh, come the start of the season for us, then uh, that would definitely be something that would have to be put in place and talked about. So,
1: well, people have to understand though, um, it's yes, it's professional hockey, but this isn't the NHL. The owners in the the federal hockey league don't have that kind of money, so you run the risk. You don't have people in your building. You can't sell concessions. You're you're still you have to pay guys that, that play for you. Um, officials have to be paid. Uh, there, there's there's money going out. There's not a lot of money going in except your corporate sponsorships. So yes, you want to play. Games, if you've sold a lot of corporate sponsorships because you want to keep that, but in the end, you run the risk of uh, in a long season of actually losing a lot of money, which could be very harmful to some franchises in the league. Oh, yeah.
3: Um, like that's the thing, too, is like I think at like the East Coast level, uh, the SP level, you'll see teams that you know have taken risks and stuff and don't come back from this. Um, that's something that, uh, that like, obviously the owners here are thinking about is like the longevity of these, uh, these teams and these franchises. Uh, it's not something they want to, you know, go out and pursue for the next two, three months and then, you know, never have this team again or something, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's something to think
7: about for sure. Like
1: I'll use like Delaware and battle Creek as an example. If this were going on last year and you guys tried to play, those two teams would have gone out of business. Well, they yeah, wouldn't it, have been able to play more than half of whatever you scheduled.
3: Exactly, and that's uh, that's I think that's why that's what went into Delaware making the early decision to get out of this season. Um, they uh, they still have plans on returning for next season. Um, I mean, we'll see how things go, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was a financial decision for sure.
2: I mean, you uh, you talk about selling sponsorships, and there's no other revenues. There's not like in the NHL where you have a TV deal which is really your biggest source of income at that level. I mean, you look at some of those sponsorships. I'm sure one of those sponsorships, like the, the helmet, uh, the, those new helmet ads, probably could fund your teams for a year. And now you have these ads that you go try to go out and sell, and they go, okay, how many games are you playing? And you have to go, I don't know.
3: Yeah, it's a uh, it's it, it, it's tough for sure and that's something that, you know, we've been dealing with is like it, you know, at what point can we go out and start talking to sponsors? At what point can we be like, "Hey, we're uh, we're going to have something for sure." And like it's it's ever changing every day. I mean, uh, there's been three or four times where we've been told like, "Yeah, hey, green light, go ahead, sell sponsorships. You guys are going to be playing no matter what." Uh, and then there's been times where it's like, "Hey, hang on, hang on. Wait, hold off a minute, you know." So I mean, it's uh it's tough, and I like I get it from the owner's perspective. I mean, like it's uh, it's a tough decision. They don't want to take too much risk, and uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah. I
1: mean, Carolina is a good example. They make money, but right now they they, they spend a lot of money though. Yeah, too. but and right now they can't have people come into the building. So if I'm going into a business saying, "Hey, you want your logo at Center Ice? We'll give you a couple of dasher boards." As a business guy, I'm going. Who's going to see them? Right. The players? Are the players from the other team going to come shop here? Yeah. Right.
3: Well, yeah, and that's a huge point for us, too, right? So, I mean, uh, like during, uh, like, you know, w- when we're selling, it's, uh, you know, we got Silver Sticks that come in. We got all the high school graduations. We got all this stuff. So there's a lot of eyes that end up going in there and seeing that. And uh, right now, there's just so much uncertainty with, like, what actually is going to happen or what actually is going to be going on. I know they canceled the final week in the Silver Sticks a, c- a couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, it's just so much up in the air. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, and then you talked about, you know, wanting to get this going or maybe delaying it. You also, at a, at the lower level, you run the risk of fans losing interest for next year that, I mean, you've seen it before, Stucky. Teams don't play or something happens, and it's not like the NHL. You don't have necessarily that brand recognition where some people go, oh, they're still playing. Oh, I thought they – there are still team, people that call the Prowlers something else just because it's – there, there's so many teams that have come through. A guy and yeah, what? not not <laughs> that's not me. That's no, not I, me I didn't in, say it was you. I was you just saying it. anyway because you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do, and I'm not going to get you on that tangent. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, it's it's a isn't it a tough balance trying to keep the you keep people's keep in the front of people's minds. Excuse me. Um, while also not risking losing a ton of money hand over fist.
3: Yeah, I think that, uh, like, that's what I mean. The good thing about that is, right now, I'd say, is we, there's not a lot of things to compete with us. You right. Know? I mean, we don't have to compete with the movie theater, we don't have to compete with uh, other local events going on because no one can go see those either. Um, the biggest thing for us is probably just keeping our, uh, our social media active, uh, trying to, uh, keep fans engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that's tough in itself. I mean, we're run like, I mean, you run out of ideas, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yes. So yeah.
3: So, I mean, like it's, it's, it's tough and that's, uh, that's just adapting, I guess, and trying to, uh, trying to stay relevant, you know? I mean, uh, you know, we don't get up in the office all the time, and uh, that's the phone that, you know, that everyone calls and they're asking questions right. and stuff. And McMoran was closed for a while there, so it's like, how do we return these phone calls, right? So, yeah. I mean, we try to get up there and return phone calls once or twice a week, and, you know, it's just uh, it's just staying in contact, staying in touch, and trying to be honest with the fans and trying to be honest with all our sponsors and stuff and let them know exactly the situation we're in. Uh, but I can also speak to, you know, that that ends up coming back and biting you sometimes – Because, you know, I'm telling players one day, I'm like, hey, I go, this is what I think is going to happen. This is what I'm hearing out of the league. And then that date comes and passes. And they're like, what's going on, man? And I'm like... I, I don't know. Like, this is what I was told. I was giving you the information. Like, you know, I think sometimes it's better to be in the dark on these things mm-hmm. than to actually have, like, constant updates. Because, like, you know, when you're in the dark, it's just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Oh, oh okay, we, we show up and we play this date, you know?
1: I know it's very frustrating, or it's been very frustrating for us because they keep giving us start dates. They keep saying this is happening. Then they produce schedules. Oh, yeah. For us, and we you get really excited, and then you're just a few days away from you know your deadline, and somebody puts a pin in the balloon and pops it, and says, "Nope, we're pushing it back again. We're pushing it back." again. what well, we had a football game that was scheduled four different times before they finally played it.
3: Oh, at least you weren't talking about the federal hockey league. <laughs> I thought you were talking about us. <laughs> no, I'm
2: all. I guess for everyone, I mean, we're what twelve days away from. When basketball should start and if it gets pushed back again, I think I'm just going to go postal.
4: Especially
2: <laughs> especially if we get like to January 29th and then we get a word that it's pushed back another two weeks, I'm, I'm going to go even more berserk. Well, I,
3: I think the next update is supposed to come on February 1st or February 2nd or something like that. The
2: first I- is when like the, the in-person dining might be able to start, yeah. limited, uh, basketball contact practice can start. Things like that.
3: And I've been telling, you know, everyone I speak to, I've been wrong all summer. I've been wrong all last year. I've been like, yeah, like, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, you know. Um, so I may be wrong on this, too. But I, I, I've I, been telling, like, the owner of the team and stuff. I go, you know, I go. I think we go by uh, – we go as indoor dining goes, I think. You know, mm. as soon as they start allowing that, I think that that's going to open up the, the gates to a lot of other things, you know. I mean, if you can have indoor dining at Casey's Pizza or somewhere, then you can have – people selling concessions inside the arena. Uh, you can have people eating there as well. So I, I kind of think that's like, the, like that's my rule of thumb, at least I think that like, it's going to go, we goes indoor dining goes for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good uh, gauge. And that was again with us, that was the gauge I, I heard the, like on a Friday up, oh, they've extended to the restaurants to the first. And I thought to myself, that probably means we're getting pushed back, but we crossed our fingers. And
2: before the weekend was out, Uh, and then we were pushed back to the first yeah well technically the fourth yeah this was the first games but no yeah you're right it is frustrating at least for you guys i mean a lot of the business side a lot of your money's made at the concession stand so if you do have to go with reduced people and maybe raise the ticket prices a little bit at least you can make something back with alcohol or uh concession sales. We'll
3: have to be like the movie theater and we'll start selling like $10
2: bags of popcorn and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. $12 Cokes. Just get the giant jumbo things that are that cost them like 20 cents to make. Free you refill know, You free know free what? Yeah.
4: Can't drink if
1: that's it. all that's there, people will buy it. Yeah, yeah, right? They will. Even, even though the I fri- do it.
2: Even though the fries yeah. at mcmoran are the best. Yeah. fries I've ever had. I yeah. mean, if, if
1: I'm sitting at the rink, there's no way I'm going to watch the entire hockey game Without you know, uh, pop to sip on. So I'm going to go buy the stupid twelve dollar Coke and sip on it the whole game. Yeah, you gotta and, sneak. and my and my wife's going to. They have popcorn. Go go get me some popcorn.
3: Right. Uh, I was going to say you got to sneak in your own food, like uh, in Semi Pro, where Jackie Moon's like, we don't sell
1: nachos here. <laughs> That'd be Joe Pace, <laughs> the, the, the whole Flint Mega Bowl thing right. with Elmira and Water That's I f- all I. That's, I see Robbie
2: is Jackie Moon, and. <laughs> i said Joe is the Jackie Moon of hockey. That's how when, like, someone asked about them or when I was broadcasting with them, I'm like, it's semi-pro on ice. Joe Pace is the Jackie Moon of hockey. Yeah,
1: that,
3: You're a great advertiser, Joe. No.
2: <laughs> I, I actually, you know what, in
1: all seriousness, like, mm, the, when I first heard about this league, I was really skeptical. I'm like, this is a year, two at the most. And actually, the Prowlers um, in, in the new generation—not counting the original Flags team, which had a, was 19 years for them—but only the Border Cats have been around longer than the Prowlers. And it's I, I, if you guys play this year, you'll then tie. you'll tie them for that, and next year you'll pass them yeah. as you know the the second longest franchise in this
2: city's history. Which I mean, we can. I mean, are we? We're probably due for a break, but yeah. we can talk about that next segment. Just how? Yeah, I remember when and, they first the came Le- in. Everyone thought they were. De- you guys were dead on arrival with the Prowlers.
1: Yeah. And 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 the league gets better every year. Like the the level of play and and the level of players. Oh yeah, is getting better and better. And that's uh, we were so excited for this season. But we'll talk about that uh, coming up, and hopefully we can have some kind of a, a of a season this year because actually joe might have to seriously think about being a healthy scratch for some games mm-hmm. to get all the the good players in yeah no it's it's been talked about so of <laughs> fact <laughs>
4: 800- 2507520.
2: Precision Care has been locally owned and operated in Marine City and has served the Blue Water community for over 25 years. Precision Care is the leading property and landscape contractor in St. Clair County. Always looking to hire the best people? Check out their website at precisioncarellc.com. Click on the Application for Employment tab and send in your resume today. Precision Care is a proud supporter of local athletics at all levels. Call today at 810-765-7968.
0: For all your landscaping needs, it's Precision Care, LLC. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis Brady and Matt Graham from the
1: uh, Prowlers. As uh, we all just kind of sit and, uh, and socially distance from each other and look at one another going,
2: yeah... (laughs) <laughs> yeah what, whether when sports gonna happen but no we are like we said before we went to break i mean a lot of people if you ask the general sentiment of how long the prowlers would last when was the first year Fourteen, fifteen, or yeah that was the first year i believe and
1: i know they won the championship
2: yeah um <laughs> if how many years it would last i don't think anyone would have said over three because that had been even the Ice Hawks. I mean, in no fault of their own, w- were one of the better run franchises that port here on seen, scene, and they lasted three seasons.
3: Is that the one that was ran by the city, or no? That no, was
2: the, the, that was the New Flags. Okay. The it was the, the Kinney. Yeah,
1: that was that was Larry Kinney's uh, team, and he was a good. He was a smart businessman, who, and he ran. He was one of the first owners to come in and actually run the team like he ran his business. Like, like it was a corporation, um, and uh, the, we had three really good teams here uh, with them. Should have won at least one championship, had a chance probably to win two legitimately.
2: Yeah, but poor Huron and getting screwed by the league. What else is new?
1: No, we, we did actually beat Fort Wayne in seven games, but they didn't count that goal. What? <laughs>
2: Dennis, I mean, we're still bitter about this, but yes. Dennis was calling the game. I was there, Tri-
1: triple overtime in Fort Wayne, Game Seven. They take it to Toronto or what? Uh, <laughs> n- no, you know what? If if they would have been very interesting if they had video review of what they would call, but basically, our guy Chris Vernarski had an empty net to shoot at in the second overtime, uh, and the guy for the Comets just did a like like he was stealing second base. He came dashing in and then slid into the goal post, knocked the net off as the puck bounced over the goal line. So it went through where the net would have been had the guy not knocked the net off. Okay. And the the official decided – I mean, and I've seen them rule goals on that. He, he just decided that, no nope, net was off, face off, and I, I can't listen. Sorry, Port Huron, I can't listen to any of your complaints – or or get into a debate because I've been paid to make sure Fort Wayne wins. Right. And then there was a too many men on the ice call to start the third overtime, and Fort Wayne won. That was it. He's (laughs) he's still not salty about it or anything. No, I'm not. I'm not salty about uh, Hodgson, who'd been played in the American Hockey League all season and suddenly, for the love of the game, wanted to be demoted to to play in the Turner Cup Finals.
3: Yeah, there's players like that, so I
1: mean, yeah, no. The, the, when he played the year before in Fort Wayne, he got a girlfriend. He got a girl pregnant, oh. and the Comets were paying for her apartment
2: if he promised to come back and play in the playoffs the next season. Interesting. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> as fun as uh, having to come out and win a shootout twice, right? Yeah, right, yeah.
3: Yeah, Dozer shooting with no shin pads on.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's great. I wish I would have seen that. No, no, you don't. Oh, no,
3: I, I that do, was a disaster. That's,
0: that,
2: that, that's that's another chapter for the book. Right for for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure you can tell the story better. Long story short, uh, prowlers. They were told what three shooters?
3: Yeah. So we're in Watertown. We were told. Uh, Shootout starts with three shooters, uh, you know, switch sides or whatever. And I guess, like, you don't switch sides in this league, so they got that wrong already. And then, uh, you know, we, we play by East Coast hockey rules except for a few things. So uh, I don't know what, where the discrepancy was. But, uh, yeah, three shooters. We win the three-man shootout. Watertown's sitting on the bench. The the refs ward the game over. We go out and celebrate, go to the locker room. They're sitting out there protesting the game, the, the Wolves are. The commissioner, who owned the team at the time, comes out, talks to the refs. Hey, these are actually the rules, which it was a five-man shootout. Um, but, you know, they had already awarded the game. We're in the locker room. We're celebrating. We're taking our gear off. Joe's got the pizzas in there. He's eating them and stuff. And uh, <laughs> our goalie actually got fully undressed. Santa, he got undressed fast or whatever. Um, commissioner comes in. You guys need to go back out there. You guys are forfeiting the game. Joe protests in the uh, in the hallway, throwing pizza, telling him we want new pizzas, we need new pizzas. (laughs) We had to play two games, you know. I've never heard that. Oh, it was
2: crazy. Yeah, I can see Joe throwing pizza.
1: He's he's more concerned with the pizzas than he is with. He's like, we're going to need more pizza. This pizza is going to be cold
3: when we get back in here. We're going to need more towels because now we have two games worth of towels we need Mm. and stuff, you know. So. Long story short, we get back out there, and uh, Do- Dozer had just uh, taken his shin pads off, and mm-hmm. uh, I think he had scored earlier. And you can repeat after three shooters, uh, so he goes out there, he takes his shin pads off, so he pulls his sock up, and he's got no shin pads up. Goes in, scores the game-winning goal, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we're all celebrating on the ice in our suits.
1: Well, at least you got to celebrate twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was
3: like it was like six points, kind of, you know.
1: Yeah, that's that's how it should it should have ended up. You got uh, six points out of that.
2: Well, I remember in Elmira this past year. You guys won in three, or like after three, you were leading, and half the team started celebrating because they thought it was three, and half of Elmira didn't. And then you they had to do—you guys didn't go off the ice, but had to calm everyone down and say, "No, it's five still." And yeah.
3: that's—I mean, that's that's one of the biggest uh, down—not downfalls, but that's one of the biggest, uh, da- I guess, downfalls of this league is that you know you don't. Everyone needs to be aware of the rules, right? Everyone mm-hmm. needs to know, you know, everyone needs to be on the same page and know what's going on. And I think, like, communication is probably, like, the, the issue with that. Um, you know, I think I think this year we, uh, we finally have our own rule book that's, like, been put together as a hybrid with our own rules and with the East Coast rules and the AHL rules and stuff. Um, so, I mean, it, but, like, it, it's like with the players. Are they going to familiarize themselves with that? Probably not, you know. But you so. at least
2: have now you have a physical thing that you, every team can have and use to reference?
3: Yeah, I mean, like, we've had that in the past, but it's just been the same thing that the ECHL publishes, and mm-hmm. then there's, like, exceptions in there mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, now we have NFPHL rulebook. So, uh, thanks, Sarge uh, Richards, for putting that together. Huh. <laughs> Only took a decade.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, but like I say, gradually the league has gotten better, like, in, in every department, even from in just the Prowlers' existence yeah is is the officiating not great uh, but you know what it's if you went back and looked at games three four or five years ago it's getting better
3: it's a development league and those guys are still yeah. doing the games you know so they have to get better they're gonna get worse
1: no yeah, no but but i mean it, it it would be worse if they weren't getting better right no for sure it's uh yeah,
3: it, like, you know, I think that, you know, obviously there's a lot of room for improvement uh, across the board. Um, but, you know, I think that they are – like, we are improving as a league. We're improving as an organization and stuff. And even the referees, I think that, you know, like li- little steps, I guess, at a time, you know, not giant leaps.
1: So. Yeah, it's baby steps. I just – two things. I don't like that we rush things sometimes in this league in terms of – Battle oh, we Yeah, we, we've got to have 15 franchises. No, you don't. Let, let's have, like, eight to ten – really good stable franchises and do that for a little while and then you can add on
3: like that was tough though I think though in the sense that you know it's uh it's tough to have odd 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 amount of teams because then you have teams always taking a night off and you know teams don't want to miss out on uh, having an extra home game there or you know something just sitting stagnant for a weekend you know or like giving the guys
2: a weekend off or something you right know, it's, but uh, what's worse that or having a battle Creek as a blemish on your league because
3: it, it depends I think I mean I think if uh if they could have put together a, a competitive team then I think that you know it well, would have been a lot different if people to me would have that was the
2: problem
1: I knew right from the start they didn't have a chance because it was they put they announced
2: that. it in what July yeah I mean but like and they had to play in October I, I think that you know
3: if you got the right person in there I think that they could have been competitive on the ice i mean like look at north shore right or uh, not even north shore uh, st claire but they had
2: a whole off season to do it but there's
3: no way they they didn't pull players from like other teams they pulled players from their junior team and then like some local guys and stuff like that so i think that's that set the bar really high for that that thought process um and you know i mean i they they i wasn't here that year but they actually Kept Port Huron out of the playoffs that year by uh, winning too many game or yeah, Port Huron dropped be, too many games against them because early they in the,
2: season. the what the first half of the year
1: well, they were, they pretty were competitive. Good. The, they were the good. first half like they they started the season legit. I mean they they had our goalie from the year before who was uh, terrific. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. It wasn't Whitmire. That no was backup. It, it was the guy with the long name, D. D. Stefaro. Oh, oh, D. Christofaro. D. Yeah. Christofaro. Uh, you know they they had. Um, Guys Zul that Zul are playing Kanich. for us now. Zolkanich was there. Yeah, Contrato. Um, Contrato was uh, there. Ju- Giuliano was yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, they had the, legitimate players. Um, Colton uh, was there. Baker was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they, they had, a, for the first 20 games of the season, they were legit. And because they were so close to us, we played them a lot early yeah. in the, the season. And it was a really even season. And then after Christmas, when they unloaded everybody.
2: Because they didn't have enough money.
1: Then we started beating them 9-1. to one. <laughs> that, Right. Yep. That's when everyone
2: else played them.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, right? I mean, uh, it, I, I think the, I think every season you get that a little bit, though, too, anyways. even the, the better players on the worst teams want to go play in the playoffs. They want to have, like, meaningful games and go play for something. So, I think that, you know, it, it's not like the NHL where uh, – you know, like you're, you're trading for draft picks, or you're trading for future stars and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Each year is individually different. Uh, each player's circumstances are so much different, and you never know why a player is going to stick around or how long they're going to stick around for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I think that every year, like after the halfway mark, you start seeing teams unload players,
2: and then, like, they get significantly worse
3: because of that.
2: Um, well, look at Mentor. If Mentor kept the team they had last year in November and December, they would have been not a – Top level team, but they would have been a team that could win on any night against any team.
6: The,
1: the, the way the playoff format is with the short series at the beginning, they would have been dangerous with that goalie with and Roto-Bush, yeah, and that one line that they had. Their
3: goalie was actually in the SP though, so he got called up. Right. So I mean, like once he right, got called that up, that's it. when they started kind of losing a bit. Like I think that was their biggest downfall. Is they didn't have a second goalie to like even keep them competitive. Really, you know.
2: Yeah, because he was – I mean, I think he played all but one game before he got called up. Yeah. They rode him hard. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's just tough in – I mean, like you said in this league, it's not like you can get a young guy and you go, okay, we have him for three, four years. Like, he might just – You never know. Right. Yeah. Like, you might get – like, I mean, you have Matt Storia, who's what, 20 years old? Yeah. Yeah. And no, i 22, mean 22, I think. 22. Yeah, 22. But he's early 20s. I don't right? want guys to see him at the bar and be like,
3: oh, this guy's only 20 years old. I heard sure. on the podcast. <laughs> you know? um,
2: but like you like in oh, like the NHL, you get a guy like that. You go, OK, he's young. He's ours for a while where if he plays well, he's going to the SP. Sooner rather than later, because they see that and they want them. And that's what
3: happened to them last year. And I think that's like the the tough part of this level of hockey, and like even like probably at the East Coast level or the SP level. I mean, you have to design, like, if you want to win a championship, like, I think obviously player promotion and development is probably the top priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to win a championship, you have to continue to develop your like bottom players and mm-hmm. stuff. But you also have to put together a team of players that you know are going to be there at the end of the year and that have that value that, you know, hey, you know, is is Matt Robertson going to be here in the playoffs? Is right. uh, You know, is Dalton Jay going to be here in the playoffs? You know, like it's uh, – you have to – you can't be grabbing guys that are like – cusp SP players, and then right. like, oh, Alex Johnson, like, oh, he gets called up, he's gone forever, and guess what, now we have to compete the rest of the season without that guy, right. so it's it's a lot of roster construction, a lot of, uh, like, the unknown, I guess. Which
2: I guess we can, that's a good tease for what we can talk about next segment, Is just how you construct a roster, because most people, like, just the casual hockey fan goes, oh, he's a good hockey player, he should be on the team, but again, you don't know the personal stuff, you don't know all that, and I guess since you're Part of that, you can get into that, when, what, in our next segment? Yeah, and, and there's
1: actually is a, is a guy, and he, he's a local guy, that we can talk about how he was brought along and has developed from year one being basically a practice player to last year being a
2: 20-goal
6: scorer. Yeah,
1: basically, if if they had an all-star game in this league, you could have made an argument that he could have played in it. Yeah. Um. So we'll take a break, and we'll be back in uh, just a bit. located across from Walt Braun Viking Stadium in Marysville.
5: Preferred Charters is a privately owned and operated transportation service located in Michigan for the past 13 years. Well known for customer service and well maintained equipment. From sightseeing tours to conventions, corporate transfers, sports teams, parades, sporting events, and private charters, Preferred Charters has the wheels and wherewithal to ensure the smooth stride with drivers that are the best in the business. Call 810-982-7433 and let Preferred Charters do the driving.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and Matt Graham yeah. from the Port Huron uh, Prowlers joining us on today's uh, podcast. What day is today? today Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Okay. Yeah,
2: I know. It's, I just need a basketball schedule. That's how I'm going to keep – Keep my, my days of the yeah, week. I, I need I need something because,
1: like, uh, sometimes I lose track of, of what we're doing and, and where we're doing it. Friday, Ubly plays uh state championship game in, in D8. and the, the early game. They're the early game, so we'll be able to wait until they're over and then talk about it on the
2: podcast. So the podcast might be a little later on Friday? Shouldn't be too bad. No, more like 2, 3 o'clock rather than around noon. Yeah. So – but yeah, that's that'll be out Friday, and then next week we'll have our boys and girls basketball previews. Uh, we'll have and and, pe- and 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 we'll have a, a special show on
1: Friday if they push the season back because uh, it'll be the first time that anybody's done a
2: podcast where one of the hosts is in jail. Yes, <laughs> that'll be my one free phone call, but it'll just have to be an hour long. Call
1: the pizza guy. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway. So, we, before the break, I mean, we were talking about getting players in and how, like, you don't necessarily just always get the best players because there's so many things to worry about. What are some things that, like, maybe someone that just goes to a couple games a year and goes, oh, this guy's good, why isn't he still here, or whatever, that they don't think about when constructing a roster for this league?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, like, obviously in the NHL, I think that, like, obviously, you know, you have the ultimate control. You're paying those mm-hmm. guys millions of dollars a year, they'll uh, – They'll go wherever you tell them to go or wherever you send them, right? But, uh, yeah, in this league, I mean, like we have uh, Joe and myself at least, there's some coaches that won't do this. Uh, or some people that run teams that won't do this. But, like, I mean, we have a little more empathy and a little more uh, understanding of people's circumstances individually, right? I mean, like, we had uh, – I, I always bring this up, but we had Kaz a few years ago, Matthias Kasich. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he's a solid player for sure, you know, and uh, we essentially just ended up giving him to Dan Brewery uh, for nothing, really. I mean, but that was because, you know, he uh, he has a girlfriend out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he wanted to be closer to her and, like, give that an opportunity to, you know, run its course or whatnot. Um, so yeah, I mean like, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that go into this stuff. And remember a few years back, I think Foos wanted to play in Cornwall. So, I mean, uh, that's closer to home for him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, you can't hold these players ransom. I mean, like I, I can tell you this: like if I ever got traded to Danville or something like that, I probably would be staying there. You know, I'd <laughs> probably I'd probably be ending my hockey career a little early or something. You know? <laughs> but no, I mean uh, it's it, like uh, there's different situations for different players. Uh, uh, that's actually why we got Alex Johnson back this year. You know, like uh, different circumstances like surrounding him, and he had the opportunity to come back here and wanted to play with you know a group of guys that he knows and that he uh, he likes. So
2: right, yeah. Because I mean, traveling around, changing cities every year isn't isn't for a lot of people, especially when it's such a di- it's not like you're going from Port Huron to Flint or Muskegon, Kalamazoo. No, it's Port Huron, Columbus, Georgia, Danbury, Connecticut. Like those are vastly different places.
3: And that's something you run into too. I think you know. I mean. Uh... That's I know. That's why, like, I can speak back to Parkhouse, and I can speak back to myself. I know that's that's kind of why I ended up in this league, and I think that's why he ended up staying in this league. The his final year to play, is you know, I mean, like, could he go play in the SP? Like, maybe you know, I mean, he can go kick it around, and, like, you know, jump from team to team and like move around constantly. But you have the stability of, uh, you know. And I don't want to say being a big fish in a small pond, but like, you know, like, okay, you're, you could be more counted on and established here. So like you kind of dictate where you can play or if you're going to stay. I mean, there's players at this level that like, you know, they bounce around and they try to find a spot to stick. And that's just the way it is. I mean, that's, I think that's pro sports. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like the like I said, everyone's circumstances are different, and, uh, you know, they want different things, I guess, at different times. You know, I mean, some people want to play at the highest level possible. Some people want to play and have some sort of stability. So
1: Yeah. Uh, I can think of a guy right off the top that some people who listen who are a little older like me will remember the name Paul Polillo. Um, Paul is from Brantford. He had 186 points one year for the Brantford Smoke, and everybody's like, what is he doing in this league? Right. Why doesn't he move up and, and play in a higher league? And it wasn't that he couldn't; it was that why he's playing in his hometown. They're taking care of him. He's the he's the Wayne Gretzky of the league. Yeah. Well, why why go move to Cincinnati or someplace far from home, where in that league you're not going to be on the top line. You're not going to play on every power play. Uh, you're you're just going to be another guy on the team.
3: No, that's that's true too. I mean, uh, like like in this league, the comparable that comes to mind is Foos, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: he leads the league in points almost every year. He's up there. He's the all time leading scorer. And a lot of people ask, like, you know, why why doesn't he go up and why doesn't he play like at a higher level and stuff? And he's tried. You know, he's uh, he's been up before, and I, I I think that's more of big fish in a small pond. What uh, well, is temperament? Yeah, it, well, they, but then, like, it, there's so yeah, much more that goes if into If you
1: produce, they'll put up with you. Right,
2: but, yeah.
3: <laughs> but, okay, but there's so much more that goes into the at that level, too, I would say. I mean, like, you have guys like Ty- Tyler Jurich who have played at the higher level. You have uh, – I'm trying to think of some other guys. But, I mean, like, super skilled guys. this this. Chris Levy. Well, I, I, well, he, that's I'm talking different. about a specific type of player okay. right oh, okay. now, though. So I wouldn't like say Chris is in that, okay. uh, that 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 uh, that group, but no, you have these guys that they are successful at this level because they know how to play at this level, and then you know they go up to the SP and they expect to be treated the same. They expect to have the same things. They expect to put up the same numbers, and it's not always the case because like it's it's. I'd say it's more translatable skills, right? I mean, like yeah foos is able to hang out in the neutral zone here and kind of do whatever he wants if he goes up to the next level it's like no you're expected to play defense right you're expected to to work hard you're expected to battle you're expected to grind it out and you know that's not for everyone um so i mean like you see a guy like dave nippard last year we lose him to huntsville and uh, we lost him for the better part of like two months i think and like Mm -hmm. he's someone that you know plays the game the right way uh will see success if he if you continue to play the game the right way and uh, that's more translatable to the next level than a guy like, you know, Foos or Jurch who goes up and, you know, just expects a score and doesn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and that is true. You, you, the, the At the lower level, you can get away with cheating a little bit more than. It,
3: it depends. I mean, like, it depends
1: if you're skilled enough to, you know yeah. what I mean? It's so. like, oh, oh okay, uh, you know, I was hanging out at, at center ice and turned the puck over and we gave up a goal, that's okay. I'm going to score three tonight, so I'll get it back and then some.
3: It's funny. I actually read something recently, and it was like, you know, uh, the top players, even in the NHL, I mean, like the guys that produce more have more leeway, and it's the same at every level, you know I mean? If you're going to go out there and you're going to put up two, three points a game and you're going to be plus two at the end of the night, What's it matter, really, if, like, that guy gets scored on once because he made a bad play? It's like, oh, well, no, he's plus two every night. Right. He's going to make up for that, you know. Does so it, you got to give them a little more leeway. A guy that, like, can't go out there and produce or, you know, uh, is going to struggle, like, you know, that's – got to have a tighter rope on those guys, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, talk about Austin Federally for just a, a second, too, because we were talking before we went to the break, to uh, about younger guys that maybe you can develop – uh, and I actually think uh, of the teams in this league, and uh, I follow you guys closer than I follow the other teams, but it just seems to me like you guys try to do it more than other things. Like Joe will bring bring in young guys um, and hope that they, they can develop in, into players. And I thought you had a lot of young guys last year, and some of them ended up being really good players, I thought. But federley was a guy that I, I originally, you know, he was – I call him the weekend warriors. We're short guys. He's a local guy. Hey, come on out, skate with us. We'll get you in a game. And that was like his first two seasons here was, you know, he, he played maybe eight, nine, 10 games. Uh, and then he got to play maybe 20 or 30 games. And then last year he was a, a regular guy. And, and not only that, but he turned into a, like a really good player. Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: He's, he's, he's very skilled, I would say, for his size, for sure. Uh, he's, he's learning to, you know, work his way around the ice and like, see what he can do out here. Um, he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, it, and that's a thing too, with developing these guys. Right. So, I mean, like his first few years, he was at practice every day and like Kraz used him whenever he could. And then, you know, ended up like season ending roster, like halfway through the season, they get better players and, you know, he's odd man out. Um, but next year, you know, role develops a little more with senior, uh, role develops a little more when juniors here and he's the coach um he's in the lineup every day and stuff and a, a lot of guys that you know uh, local guys or younger guys they don't have the patience for that you know i mean they uh, they burn out and they're like ah, i can't do this every day you know it's uh, it gets old but you know he persevered through it and uh, he stuck it out and it's you know it's it's shown to prove off ah, or ah. Prove to sh- mm-hmm. sh- yeah, show off or whatever. I mean, <laughs> I got my words mixed up. But, yeah, you're but right. I mean,
2: again, it helps. He's a local guy. He doesn't you know, He doesn't have to worry about housing. He doesn't have to worry about going away from home. Where, I mean, if you get a guy even from – I mean, I know you have guys that travel up from Metro Detroit. That is tough to do for, what, six, seven – six months at a time from October to March?
3: It depends. I mean, like, it depends what they're doing too, right? I mean, like, a guy like Moroso, he uh, – Last year, I don't think he was having a, he had a job at the time, but, uh, now he, uh, he's selling insurance or uh, real estate or something like that. And, uh, like his situation will change as well. You know, a guy like Contrato who has, uh, he works at general motors and, uh, or Jeep or something. And he, uh, like he can come up and he can, he works like remotely. So he, Mm -hmm. he's able to make three, four practices a weekend games and travel on the weekend and stuff and like work his schedule around it. Same with Giuliano. Um, but yeah, I mean, like not everyone has that luxury. So I mean, uh, it's different for it's different for guys that are you know from around here. It's different for guys that travel here to just play hockey and are trying to make a career out of it. So.
2: Which and some people might not know, not your whole team is at practice every day. You have to make that work, and sometimes you have to help find guys find jobs too.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it it that's tough for sure. That's something that I'm not very keen of. I don't like the mm-hmm. fact that. You know, we don't – and that was that was specific to, I would say, two years ago, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year we had, you know, we had a core group of guys like that would play every game and that were at practice every day. And I think this year we were positioned to have 20 guys at practice every day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like that. I'm not a big fan of that because uh, it, it's tough. It's tough to get things done. It's tough to work on things. It's tough mm-hmm. to build chemistry and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that 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 is the case sometimes where, you know, extraneous circumstances where guys can't make it or guys, uh, you know, have to uh, go to work or, you know, like do something else with their family and uh, make some money elsewhere, you know. Right. Yeah, because, like, we're not getting paid millions of dollars at the end of the day, so.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I marveled because the, the, the first team, maybe half the guys practiced. Oh, and Krause here the first time? And, and I was amazed, like, at how well they gelled. But, but I guess a lot of them had played together – in other places, like they played in Dayton and, yep. and they played for other teams. So they were familiar with each other, but it just, I marveled that, like, you know, of the 20 guys who are here, maybe 12 of them practiced every day, maybe 15 or 16 practiced every so often. But th- there were four to five guys that they never practiced the whole season. But yeah, Foos is one of them. No. Foos is <laughs> one of them. Levs was one of them too. Yeah. And, and, yeah, you you go go look at Lev's numbers the first year. Oh, yeah. He played like 28 games or something and almost scored 40 goals. Yeah. I mean no, it's it's just disgusting. If he would have played the whole season that year, he'd have scored 90 goals.
3: He's one of those guys that shouldn't be at this level, you know what I mean? But like the circumstances that he has in his life uh, allow him to come down and play on the weekends and stuff and uh yeah, I mean it's uh it, it, like I said it's
2: different for every guy. Um yeah. Yeah, it's a little different when real life has to get in the way of, you know, playing a game cuz you know, like you said, some guys, its this is their penultimate. This is where they'll go. Some guys are trying to move up and move on, and there have been guys that have played at higher levels and haven't really looked back.
3: That's that's something that you know, like Joe and I pride, pride ourselves on too is I like, think we've sent over 20 players to the higher levels and stuff in the few years that we've been doing this um, through call-ups like to the SP or even the East Coast. So, I mean uh, – yeah, it's uh, it, that means that we're doing our job and we're doing a, a good job of it. I, I don't like that you referenced three years or four years ago, though, where that was where this all originated from. They eh? were like the guys weren't practicing and stuff, and I know Joe's a part of that team, so. Yeah, well, I think I think Joe practiced once in a while. I, he was, yeah, right. I, I don't know. He he can't he can't stay off the ice. You know what's funny is in the summer and the off season and stuff like that, he's never on the ice. Like I think he skates with Will's team and like at their practices and stuff, but. Yeah, he doesn't I, – I, I don't see him out there training with anyone or doing anything like that, you know. The last few weeks, uh, myself and a few His others. His attitude,
1: though, just, like, burns calories. And, like, he, <laughs> Joe sits in a room with me for a half hour, and I feel like I'm losing weight. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't mean he's, like, not in
3: good shape. I think he works out and stuff at home, but uh, – Yeah. It's funny to me. I've like, if I don't touch the ice for, you know, a month, I I feel terrible. And like, I go back out there and I'm like, this sucks. Like, what am I doing? I don't even want to play anymore. You know? But
2: (laughs) I mean, I know some guys that just, they need to take time away from, especially Joe's different. I mean, he has a family. He has a lot of stuff to worry about too. And I'm sure he has a lot of business stuff to worry about in the off season as well. Not that you're not a big part of that, but I mean, I'm I'm sure sometimes you just like I'm not dealing with that for a little while.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. I've been uh, I've been hounding him though to get back on the ice. I think we're gonna start trying to skate here, uh, you know, at least once or twice a week. I'm trying to get him involved with that, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. So,
1: well, I, I hope you guys get to do some meaningful skating. And I mean, I know you're like everybody else now. We're just waiting to hear what we can do and when we can do it.
3: Yeah, I've uh, I've stopped stopped having anxiety and stressing out about it. You know, I was uh, for a while there. You know, i think that the guys are stressing out and having anxiety about it they're texting me like what's going on what's going on they always want updates and i think that that burned me out on it and i'm just like yeah i don't know whatever happens happens so. i got a guy like that yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> you do text me a lot yes it's not like i text you irrelevant stuff no
1: but i mean i don't you you text me stuff and i'm like oh, i don't have an answer f- for that i'm same both you're in yeah <laughs> Maybe I just want your opinion on something. You're gonna to, you're
3: going have to tell me after this how you deal with that. <laughs> He's all right. There's I, only
2: I, one of me. You have an entire roster. Yeah, I
1: have, t- I
3: have twenty Brady's.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess we'll say this. Uh, at least they care, right? Right. It's
3: funny. Last year, uh, at least they care. Last year for Secret Santa, actually, uh, Paulie got me a uh, a button set and I could program it to say whatever I wanted. So it would be just be the answers to the questions and stuff, and he said it on my desk. <laughs> and one of them said, like, yeah, do whatever you want. And one was like, I don't know, ask Joe and stuff like
2: that.
1: <laughs> I had a little red uh, punching bag once, but I can't repeat to you what it said when
2: you punched it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but it was good stress relief. Anyways.
2: All right, you got anything else? No, Ubly Place Friday, watch them. We'll talk about it on Friday's podcast. Hopefully we're talking about their first state title.
1: Uh, And, Matt, thanks for coming by, and I'm sorry that Brady made you stand out in the cold for a few minutes there. Yeah, no problem.
0: It's all right. (laughs) Unbelievable.
1: (laughs) Talk to you Friday.
0: From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.